2: Well, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. A couple of reminders before we get started. Please follow me on Twitter if you haven't already at WP David V. And of course, you can always subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be covering building custom Gutenberg blocks with Block Lab. Featuring Rob Stinson of Block Lab. Rob, welcome to the show.
3: Hi, David. Thanks for having me.
2: So glad to have you here. I know uh, you and I met there in Sydney at the WP Engine Summit there in Australia last month, I guess it was. And I remember I was so red-faced, I had just given a talk about building blocks, and I didn't mention Block Lab, which is a pretty cool answer to that. Uh uh, For the regular listeners of the show, our last episode was actually uh, kind of a a bit of a similar talk to the talk I gave there in Sydney, but just this whole notion of building your block arsenal. So I wanted to build on that topic here in this episode, and what we're going to cover today Is really kind of owning the new block editor in WordPress and and specifically around creating your own custom blocks. So, not necessarily uh, leveraging like the premium block libraries, like atomic blocks um, or blocks that maybe come with themes, but rather blocks that you can create on your own. And it's a really interesting and deep topic. So, that's what we're going to talk about today. To kick us off, and I'm really curious because I don't actually know this story about you, Rob. Sometimes I know this story with guests sometimes I don't but what is your WordPress origin story how did you get started with all this WordPress stuff uh, good question with me it's probably
3: similar to similar to a lot of people you know you're working at a job somewhere doing something and within that job you know there's a need for a blog or some sort of website solution and that's what it was for me so I think it was about 2009 2010 so yeah I guess 10 years ago now Um, And I was working for a a big sort of Christian uh, radio organization. They had been doing radio for about 20 years at that time. And they were navigating a, a transition to sort of online. They'd observed the impact that the web was having on the sort of the traditional listenership for radio. And they were like, okay, we've got to, we can either fight this or we can embrace it. And so, you know, I was part of that transition and I was sort of stumbled upon, I was introduced to WordPress by a friend of mine. And it was the first ever time I'd sort of encountered a, a CMS, you know, the separation from the, the content creation experience and the front end. And it completely blew my mind. Like, You know, themes blew my mind. You know, you could swap out a theme and make it look different on the front end and have different functionality. It was, it was, it was really, really cool. It's stuff that I'd not sort of experienced before. And um, yeah, that was, that was where it began for me. And I built a blog at this um, organization. It was terrible, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, since then I've been, I've been using WordPress really ever since, whether it's been in a, in a role or running an agency or working for other organizations or even now with Block Lab, um, WordPress has really been a pretty consistent thread to my career since then.
2: All right. Good to hear. Um, you know, it's funny to hear you say it was back in 2009, 2010, this was a very instrumental moment in WordPress's history right around the time when custom post types, custom meta fields come out. Mm-hmm. Really, in my view, making WordPress a true CMS. And it's also around the time a lot of companies, WP Engine and others, um, a lot of major plugins and things all originated around this time frame. And it was because of those new capabilities being in WordPress core was one of the I think the key reasons why uh, companies and just the ecosystem kind of exploded. We we go from like nine to eleven percent of the web, all the way to now 34 percent. And it was kind of during that phase of innovation relative to those capabilities. So I think that's kind of a neat observation that that was your part of your origin story because now here we are today with Gutenberg, the next big moment in WordPress's history, and we're just at the very beginning, not even through our first year of it being released into core uh, and all the products and things kind of popping up around that. So since we're at this moment in time and Block Lab is one of those new things that have popped up to kind of address these mm-hmm. new capabilities from a high level, could you just let people know what Block Lab does?
3: Yeah, sure. It's a WordPress plugin that makes it super easy to build custom Gutenberg blocks. And it does this by sort of lowering, lowering the barrier to entry for doing this. Um, actually, can I tell you the origin story? That's probably the best way to describe it. Is that oh, okay? yeah, totally. That'd be Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. So I guess early last year, so 18-ish months ago, um, I was, you know, working in marketing uh, for XWP, a WordPress agency, and, um, you know, doing my thing, doing a bit of WordPress development, not on our sort of client projects, but sort of our company website and stuff, and, and seeing this Gutenberg thing coming down the line, and going, "All right, I got to get my head, head, my head around this and um, see what this is all about." And I s- said, "Okay, let's build um, some custom blocks. Let's try and start implementing them on our own company site." And I quickly was just out of my depth. I um, you know, was relatively unfamiliar with you know JavaScript development, React it was just that thing that I'd heard about, and um, you know different build tools and processes. It was just a, it was a big learning curve for me. And so I went to sort of the engineers that I work with who are brilliant engineers. And I said, Hey, look, can you help me out with this? And at that time, um, the couple that I'd asked, they not really done much Gutenberg work either. So they said, cool, let's look at this. And I looked at it and they, they came back and said, look, yeah, we can do this and, um, we can show you how, but yeah, this is, this is really different. This is, this is, this is harder than we expected and you're really going to have to level up. And so at that time I, didn't really have the time or the resources to invest into that. And so I sort of put it aside. And about a, m- a month or so after that, um, Luke Carvis, he's he's one of the other co founders of Block Lab, uh, was down in Sydney, uh, Sydney WordCamp. Um, he was doing the keynote down there. And his talk was on Gutenberg and introducing Gutenberg to an audience who mostly were unfamiliar with it. They'd heard about it. Uh, not even everyone had heard about it at that point. And he gave this talk, and then a lot of the post-talk conversation was about, hey, this is interesting. How do we do this? But looking at this, this actually looks really hard and very different to the way we're used to doing things. And we Luke and I were chatting about this over that following week, and we basically came to the idea of, hey, let's build something that can sort of be the middleman between the the average WordPress developer and, and Gutenberg. Um, And we started working on block lab and between the two of us and another friend of ours, we built a bit of a prototype in about a week, put it out there and people really liked it. And yeah, it's sort of grown from there, but effectively it's this, um, this plugin that sits in the middle for you that provides uh, an interface, um, which allows you to add a block, um, add fields to a block. Uh, It registers the block in the background for you. And then you just, can go and do some simple templating using some PHP functions, um, using, you know, the dev techniques and methods that you're pretty familiar with. Um,
2: from I think it's interesting, corporate. you know, uh, you know, because when, when Gutenberg was coming, and of course we remember a lot of us, at least that were paying attention to the state of the word that Matt would give at WordCamp US. And he said, I remember the, the famous phrase is learn JavaScript deeply. And it was kind of this mm. kind of foreshadowing, uh, if you would, around the use of React with Gutenberg and, you know, probably almost almost certainly more so even with core itself. And you see a lot of people that haven't taken that leap that haven't learned JavaScript deeply or have stumbled when they've attempted to. And it's interesting to think about, well, well, this is coming. And in in Gutenberg's case, it's here. And so uh, what can people do today to adopt this technology who, who might not be ready or able to currently um, to learn React, to learn JavaScript, to learn the things they need to learn in order to use these tools. So I want to I get a little deeper into the challenges the teams face because I think it's a really big deal. But I want to start actually with, with the why. Uh, why should people build custom blocks? Like, why does it matter that you have this capability um, in your agency or your brand? Like, why do I need to build a custom block? Why can't I just use core blocks or block libraries or blocks that might come with my theme? Great question. So there's a bunch of plugins and themes out there that have
3: blocks and look, and over the next years, that little sector of the markets is going to explode. There's going to be more and more of them. And some of them are fantastic. And so many of them actually meet the needs of people without any problems at all, but they are opinionated. Um, and often even with like, you know, a million different settings and controls and buttons and things um, like it, an off the shelf solution if you're trying to do a, like a really specific thing, you're not going to be able to do it with an off the shelf solution or if you do, you're going to sort of have to really force it to, you know, to do what you want it to do. And sometimes you'll end up with a bit of a hack solution. Sometimes you end up with a bit of baggage and, um, you know, there's a bit too much going on there for what you're actually trying to achieve. So in many cases, these, off-the-shelf blocks or you know plugins and themes that come with blocks—they don't do exactly what you want to do. And so, you know, a more lightweight block is one that's going to look and behave exactly how you want. A custom block is going to be able to do exactly what you want, um, and that's going to be the best solution for you. Um, an interesting thing as well is that um, you know ultimately there's fewer moving parts. And one of the things that we've found as people have been using Block Lab is that they really appreciate that when they hand over to clients. Um, because there's fewer moving parts, that they're handing over to the clients. They're, the control that they're handing over is exactly what they have defined um, as appropriate for that client, and they're not handing something over to a, you know, a complex page builder is maybe a good example. When they hand over to the client, the client is intimidated by the amount of controls and settings things that they can push and poke, um, or you know potentially break. Um, and so, handing over something that is a little more lightweight and more defined because it is a custom block that's being built specifically for that use case. That's a great more-
2: example. I think as I think back to my agency days, I think about the smaller clients where I might have leveraged a theme to try to get the project, a premium theme, to get the project done faster. And I remember that I would always say, okay, well, if you, if you don't change anything about the functionality of the site relative to the demo site, it's going to be very cheap. And the more you change, the more expensive it's going to be. And they almost always had changes that were that were beyond what that core set was. They always mm-hmm. had functionality, they always had views, they always had something that was beyond what the kind of core of the theme would provide. So, of course, then you build on your customizations on top. God forbid you Frankenstein the existing functionality to fit what the customer needs, as you point, you inherit a lot of debt and problems with that. But I think for me, that that lesson plays out also in, that, in, in the block world. I thought it was also interesting to hear you talk about kind of just purpose building the blocks for the experience you're building for. In other words, if I only need a certain level of design control or a certain number of fields, having the bare minimum I need to fulfill the job helps to reduce my tech debt, the complexity of managing the site, and then just not overwhelming the customer. Is that roughly the point you're making there?
3: Absolutely. And then for ongoing maintenance as well, um, if it's more lightweight, there's fewer things that can break moving forward. So it makes
2: it easy to maintain. You're speaking my language. So I want to dig a little now into the challenges, but before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back
1: time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just
4: a moment. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences,
5: Marketing on Purpose. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Danticat, Taya Obrecht, Julie Oranger, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Coplez, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement.
1: let's press forward with more press this only on webmasterradio.fm
2: hello everyone welcome back to press this the wordpress community podcast on webmaster radio this is your host david volapol interviewing rob stinson of block lab on building custom gutenberg blocks rob right before the break you were explaining a little bit about why people should consider building their own blocks and you kind of touched on this earlier but i really want to dig a little deeper here what are the challenges the teams face when they start building their own blocks?
3: And great question. It, I would say it really comes down to that learning curve. Um, within WordPress, we as WordPress developers have been doing things in a particular way for sort of a number of years now. Um, and of course, over time, those things have evolved and we've improved things and we've changed things and we've added different things the way we go Go about it, but effectively, it's sort of been in the same sort of typical page templating, uh, page templating with PHP and stuff like that. And with Gutenberg, it's just um, it's a real paradigm shift. It's a real change in the way we do things. It's not just about doing more JavaScript, but it's about understanding things differently and using different build tools and things like that. And for many, that is a really big hurdled across um, whether it's just a time thing or um, they don't have the resources to invest into it um, taking that leap over to that kind of development um, is, is is really difficult and the problem with that the the challenge within that is that it actually makes Gutenberg Gutenberg inaccessible which is um you know which is something that WordPress is is not about like WordPress you know democratizing publishing it's meant to be accessible it's meant to make things accessible to anyone. If someone wants to do something in this sort of space, they can pick up WordPress and they can do something with that. And one of the challenges about Gutenberg um, initially is that it doesn't it doesn't make it easy for people to step in and start building things, building custom
2: blocks, at least, with Gutenberg. Yeah, and, um, I agree on the custom block side. I think, you know, from the development perspective, the existing population of WordPress developers obviously don't enlarge no React. But it's interesting because i think like once you get past that development phase custom blocks or no i feel like gutenberg does make it easier for the average person to build a site it's just that when you want to go build that custom experience if you're a developer in the wordpress world there there might be that big gap there in terms of a learning curve
3: yeah i mean for me i know that i mean i use every day now gutenberg as my content creation space so personally like i think about Just creating, writing a blog post, just a normal blog post in Gutenberg compared to the old, um, you know, the old editor. Like I I much prefer Gutenberg. Once you're able to make that transition, the the experience for the end user, in my opinion, is so much better.
2: Absolutely. I call the old, my nickname for the old editor is the word doc for my website. You know, (laughs) old things, maybe throw an image in there. God help me if I want those images side by side. But <laughs> that's right. Roughly not really. It was way at Gutenberg, especially with editor styles is a lot closer to that. Um, so you kind of touched on time because I know like there's a lot of smart teams out there where like ability isn't the problem. But like, why is that that notion of time a blocker? Like, what is the like, isn't it worth it? Or like, do you think that people are just like humming along and not wanting to interrupt their workflows?
3: Yeah. And, and this is, I don't think people don't want to learn this stuff. They do want to do it. And like, I actually think people should st- still learn this stuff. They should learn React and JavaScript. And uh, like by no means do we think that doing that, you know, learning JavaScript deeply is silly and they shouldn't. I mean, we absolutely think they should. But um, the reality is people are busy, um, but we're working in our jobs and our roles and our lives and finding time out of that to invest into learning um, something new is hard. And sometimes we have to take a different approach. Um, But the interesting thing is, is that even in teams that I've worked with, um, where the engineers are fantastic and they're completely comfortable with React and um, JavaScript and building custom blocks completely from scratch, is that that in a number of cases, they've actually used Block Lab or even a couple of other tools out there Um, that have helped, you know, shorten that dev cycle for them, because they don't need to build completely from scratch. And, um, you know, it saves them time.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it's interesting. I know, a lot of people use ACF in that way. I know a lot of people that use, like, really hardcore developers that use Beaver Builder, because it enables some capability quicker than them coding it from scratch. And they have the ability to, to code it all from scratch. But, the use of the tool in the moment for a particular customer helps them achieve or, or I guess a brand they're working for helps them achieve the outcome faster. And so I think the easy, everybody likes the easy button, right? It's not just for those not ready to learn that thing. Um, Everybody likes to make that easier. So that's interesting to hear your take on those challenges. Um, I think there's some, some very high level kind of I don't know, tide changing forces at work here. Let's get a little more tactical for a second. How does block lab specifically address these challenges?
3: Yeah. So block lab, like I said, sits in the middle and it handles all that heavy lifting and that registering the block and, and things like that. So if I could describe the process or the experience of what it's like to use it, um, I couldn't talk talk with confidence about all the technical stuff running in the background. You'd have to probably talk to Luke or Ryan. They're the the developers of the plugin. Um, They could certainly give give good insight on that. But the experience for using the plugin, um, you know, obviously installed running on your WordPress site is you would add a block um, just like you would add any other sort of post type, you know, add new and you give it a title and you give it a bit of sort of metadata. So you choose an icon, add some tags, um things like that. And then you add fields like form fields. So you know text field, text area, number, uh email fields, URL, um, toggles, sliders, all that sort of stuff. And you're you're adding these fields like a form to your to your block. And then you hit publish. So your block now is registered and it's actually ready to use. If you jumped, well, you're ready to to begin to use. If you jumped over and created a new post and you know clicked add a block that block that you just created would would be in there. You would see it. But the final piece is um, you need to create a template for that. And so you open up your your text editor or or whatever, and you just use some really simple PHP functions that sort of follow, like I said earlier, that really typical um, WordPress development sort of process to build out a a template for your block. And then you style it with your CSS um, and then it's ready to go.
2: That sounds really accessible for most WordPress developers, familiar with theming. I guess if I'm like a true site assembler where I'm just kind of randomly dumping in plugins and themes and stitching it all together, it still might be a little challenging for me, but those building custom themes and customizing themes are likely to find this relatively easy to understand.
3: Yeah, and we, we, we've we talked, it's, it's one of the items in our, in our backlog, um, and it's a big item, but actually, bringing a in-admin editor, uh, sorry, templater into the admin area so you can build your template in there. And it's something where we're just taking it easy on. We're not rushing that one because how we implement that is obviously a massive deal. Um, but we realize that certainly right now the problem that we're sol- solving for a particular audience being sort of agencies and freelancers, uh, those that have been building custom sites and sort of building them out as, you know, and building page templates as a way to build out a custom site. So they are familiar with uh, at least sort of simple um, PHP and HTML, um, CSS and stuff like that. And if The way we think about it, if you've sort of, if you've got any sort of experience in that space, if you're a little bit comfortable with that, you'll be you'll be more than enough comfortable to build out a template with Block Lab. Well,
2: certainly easier than say picking up react and starting to learn that Mm. Um, definitely can see that benefit so how do how does block lab work relative to people managing multiple sites am i I creating a block in each site am i can i can i port it around here to there
3: yeah so blocks are isolated within the site but you can export and import them um relatively so it makes them pretty transferable um, the blocks themselves live in the database so you know if you're doing a, a WordPress migration and you know if migrating databases and things like that that's sort of part of that sort of that, that normal workflow um, but the way the way the templating works is we'll try to make that pretty flexible um, there are some defaults like by default block lab will look for um, a particular folder in your theme or your child theme and then it will look for certain files within that folder um, a, P- a PHP template file, and then it will also look for CSS template files as well. But um, we've we've made it flexible so that if you actually want to move those out of out of your theme and put them in a plugin, so that you know you can activate, deactivate, install that plugin, and make it a, a bit more transferable between installations. You can do it that way as well.
2: Oh, cool! That's good to know. Um, I hadn't heard that about Block Lab yet, so it's good to get that context. Um so I know you have kind of a free and paid version uh real quickly we're going to take a break but real quickly what is in the free version like what should people expect there
3: With the free version the way we've done things is that anyone should be able to build nearly anything with just the free version The pro version just gives people more power features that make makes blocks a little bit more dynamic and makes the build process more efficient um, but that's it. If you're building lots of blocks, Pro is great. If you're building one or two blocks, you're probably gonna be fine with the free version.
2: Okay, that's good to know. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We're gonna ask Rob more. Time to plug about into a commercial Everybody break. Stay we'll tuned right for back. more.
5: Press this in just a moment.
1: WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com.
4: Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors.
1: Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
2: Hello, everyone, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Rob Stinson of Block Lab about building custom Gutenberg blocks. Rob, right before the break, you were explaining the difference between the free and paid versions of Block Lab. Where, uh, well, actually, what you illustrated was that people could kind of do every, uh, everything they needed to build blocks within the free version, but the paid version kind of had more power features. Um, could you help me understand a little bit more about what that those power features are?
3: Yeah. No, the best example I could probably give in the pro uh, version is the repeater field. And say, for example, like I said, there's a tutorial that I published, I think, on Monday this week um, about the repeater field and how it works. And, and the use case in that was um, a logo bar block. You know, say you're an agency and you've got a bunch of clients with, you know, that are well-known in the industry that you serve. So you you want to put their logos on your website. And, you know, you may know that you have four logos, four client logos that you want to put on your website. So you could build a block and you could just add four image fields um, just with the free version and you could create it and it would work and it would be great and and, and you're done. Um, With that repeater field in the pro version, what it means you can do is that, you know, you don't have to just set the amount of image fields that you have. You know, you can just have that have your repeater field, and then within that, you add an image field. And then when you add that block to your page, you add an image, and then you hit another one, and then add another one, and you add another bro, then add another image. And so your block can have three images, or it could have five, or it could have six. Um, in two months' time, when you complete another project and it's great, and you want to add that logo to your site, you could add that to the block easily without having to rebuild the um, rebuild the you know make adjustments to your template file so like I said look, when you could build that block with the free version quite easily but you would be restricted in that you'd have to set and define the amount of images that it takes but with the repeater which is part of pro you know we we'll call it a bit of a power feature is um, your block is more dynamic and you know you can have three you can have five you can add and remove over time um, without having to touch the template files
2: so let me ask this question I don't Know the answer offhand personally, but what sort of design controls do you allow through the Block Lab UI? I know, like, obviously, in blocks, I can add uh, fields to adjust my width and my height and my background colors and text colors and so on and so forth. Are those like native options as I'm building on a block in Block Labs? just like stuff on the roadmap. Like, how do you address that? Are you talking about the, those, the design controls of my my particular block when I'm using it on in the block editor. So I'm, I've added a block. I'm going to maybe change the background color, change out uh, the color of my fonts. I some blocks I can you know atomic blocks and other block libraries will let you like change the width of a block and so on and so forth. Like do you bake in the ability to create those design controls in block lab Currently, is that something you've thought about for the future? Like how, how does someone creating blocks? add design controls for their block. Great question. So
3: to add design controls it's just by adding another field. So like we have a color field which gives you a color picker. We have a you know slider fields or or number fields or select fields. And so with all of those fields you can create your own controls and your own settings for your block. Be it, you know changing a background color, setting a background image, changing width like you might have um, you might have a, a, a select box which handles width, you know, full width, um, you know, narrow, wide or whatever. Or you can have a slider which handles like, you know, a, a, um, the same sort of thing. So you can, you can set it up how you want it to be set up. Um, a couple of the native things that are on our, the native Gutenberg um, controls that are on our roadmap to add really shortly actually. Um, uh, the alignment controls and the width controls. So a lot of the native blocks, not all of them, but a lot of them, when you go to them, um, you can, you'll see controls that let you go full width, which sets to the full width of the screen or wide or, uh, or normal. Um, we're looking at adding those controls or the ability to have those for your custom blocks, um, as well as the alignment ones as well, you know, left align center and, and right align as well.
2: Awesome. Well, it um, sounds uh, like you guys are up to a lot of fun stuff and, uh, we are at time now, Rob, but I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today.
3: No, thank you so much for having me. It's been great.
2: Awesome. If you'd like to check out more about what Rob is up to, you can go to getblocklab.com. You can also find Block Lab on WordPress.org. Thanks everyone for listening today to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.